We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And in this episode, we will be going over the the past couple of weeks in college football. And, Henry, we are nearing the college football playoffs, and there are playoff implications as well as conference implications in terms of the conference championship game and who is going to win each conference. So these next couple weeks, or these this next week probably, since we're nearing the end of college football, we'll decide – who is going to be in the conference championship games and possibly the college football playoffs. So let's get right into today's podcast. And I'm just going to start off, Henry, with stating the obvious here. And Alabama is a really good football team. And I'm sure they could probably beat a couple professional uh, teams right now. Wink, wink, kind of the Jets, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but Alabama is just so good. You saw what they did uh, last night to LSU absolutely destroyed them and we were talking before this Henry if Alabama actually tried in that second half Devonta Smith probably could have had over 400 receiving yards because they couldn't stop him Mac Jones or Najee Harris Henry this Alabama team is basically a professional football team and I wouldn't be surprised for them to just win out from here on out even in the college football playoffs yeah, I mean, Andrew, you stated the obvious. This is a very good team. High-powered offense are still not that good on defense, but it seems like everyone in college football this year is horrible on defense. But, I mean, with that big three they have, it's really just unstoppable. And if, imagine if they had Jalen Waddle, Andrew. I mean, that guy was arguably their best receiver before he got hurt. He, he was a lot like a Henry Ruggs type of guy. So I don't know my thoughts about him as, a, as an NFL prospect, but – I mean, Alabama with Jalen Waddle, holy smoke. Yeah, and Alabama is by far, I think we can both agree, the best college football team right now. And they have a tough matchup coming up. Of course, they have Florida coming up in the SEC championship game. So who knows? Florida will probably, or I think we can say that they will be the best team that Alabama has seen so far. But I, I just have to say, I see no reason why Mac Jones won't just eat up Florida's defense like every other team in the nation has been doing this season. And Florida has, their defense has been playing reasonably better. And do you know what team Florida kind of 
draws a comparison to in my head in terms of the NFL. It's the Seattle Seahawks. And they have a great quarterback in Kyle Trask, a great offense. And Kyle Pitts is like Kyle Trask, DK Metcalf is to Russell Wilson. But when you look at that defense, it's the only thing weighing them down right now. And same with the Seahawks. And that's where the comparison comes from. And then Alabama, to me, is like the Kansas City Chiefs or like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So for all you NFL guys, there's your comparison for that upcoming matchup between Alabama and Florida. So in the NFL, you would realistically say, oh, well, Seattle definitely has a chance to beat Kansas City and or uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be a great game, but you would think, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh or probably Kansas City would get it done because they have a way better defense. And you could possibly say that their offense is pretty pretty much better than uh, what the Seattle's is. So coming back to college football for you guys, Alabama's defense, even though it's not amazing, probably better than Florida's and as well as that offense is near to unstoppable. But that should be a good matchup. And we will see how that affects the playoffs if Florida possibly wins or if Alabama, the favorite, will win. But let's move on to probably the most underrated matchup of this past weekend, and that is the tale of the two undefeated teams. I know there's more, but these are two of the most notable ones and that are both in the top 25. And this matchup was kind of unexpected. We didn't really know this was coming, but they scheduled it. And, you know, one of these teams was saying any team, any time, any place. And that is exactly what happened with BYU. They showed up to Coastal Carolina and maybe not any team or any time or even any place because BYU couldn't get it done. And even though they have one of the top prospects in this upcoming NFL draft and Zach Wilson, who I thought coming into this week was still technically in the race for Heisman. But after his performance against Coastal Carolina and that team in general and of their performance, I do not think Zach Wilson is in this race or BYU is even in the conversation of being that non-Power 5 team to be the best in the country. And another non-Power 5 team that kind of lost getting a little off topic of that Coastal Carolina and uh, that BYU game, Marshall, you see, get totally upset by rice and now as the end of the season comes you kind of see these non uh, power five teams just kind of slowly get into their non-power five forms and kind of slow down a little bit so you can see which team kind of has what it takes and coastal carolina looks like they have what it takes and their running back had an awesome game i'm sorry i apologize i don't know uh his name but their run game was on against byu and BYU just Zach Wilson just he couldn't handle the pressure of the game I don't know what it was but he didn't even look like himself that final drive the game ended that was a crazy ending I think it was one of the best endings we've seen in college football this season game ended on the two yard line Zach Wilson had one play left and BYU had one play left threw it to the two yard line and Coastal Carolina came up big on the goal line to prevent the wide receiver BYU's receiver to get into the end zone what a great ending. What a great game. I think it was probably one of the most underrated matchups going into the weekend and probably one of the most underrated matchups coming out of the weekend, Henry. And we could finally see BYU play actually good team in Coastal Carolina. But obviously, I thought BYU had what it took to compete with the top teams in the country, but apparently they don't. 
Yeah, Andrew, I think this just shows how underrated Coastal Carolina really was. And they're probably in the running to make a uh, a New Year's Sixth Bowl. They probably won't get in, but they're going to be on the edge of possibly getting in. And, I mean, I'd like to see it. I mean, obviously they have a really good run game. Their defense was solid, and not many teams can say that their defense is solid this year. They have a very solid quarterback, and they're just overall a very solid team around the entire board from offense to defense to special teams. And this is a team who can maybe make some noise in the New Year's Six Bowls. So I'd like to see them in, but I don't know if that's realistically possible. Yeah, we'll see. And their defense did perform very well in the last game against BYU, and they contained one of the top draft prospects coming into this NFL draft in Zach Wilson. So kudos to Coastal Carolina for that incredible win against BYU. But let's move on to our next topic. And this team, Henry, there's been a lot of confusion with them because they are a really good team, but they haven't quite gotten the opportunities to show it off yet because of the cancellations because of COVID. But let's get right into them. And that is Ohio State. And they haven't really been able to play games. And this might affect their chances on playing in the conference championship game, not because they're not good enough, but because they might not get enough games to, according to the Big Ten rules. You have to have at least six games. At least those are the rules right now. We might see a change. And I'm sure Henry can go a little in depth on that. But we might have a change in that rule. But as of right now, you have to have at least six games under your belt to make the conference championship game. Right now, Ohio State has five. And they're looking for a six in the last week of the Big Ten season, and that is against Michigan. And Michigan has their own COVID problems and within their program, and we might even see a cancellation, which could prevent Ohio State getting into the conference championship game. And I heard rumors saying, even though Michigan has kind of cleared up their uh, COVID issues within their program, they might just try to cancel the game in general because they have the power to do that. They might just try to cancel the game because, of course, you know, Ohio State is their arch rival. Michigan is way out of the season. I mean, they left in the third week in the season. They were gone. And Michigan has nothing to play for, nothing nothing to even go out there and show because we all know whatever they're going to show is not going to be good. So there have been talks saying that Michigan might just choose to not forfeit but just not play this game because they have, quote, unquote, COVID problems within their program even though they've mostly cleared it up that that would just be appalling if they did that and not it would just be awful for college football in general to hold one of the best teams in college football out of the or out of the conference championship game that is just awful and if Michigan does that I would be really disappointed hopefully the Big Ten changes the, the ruling on the six game minimum for that reason because Michigan, Ohio State, you guys know are our rivals, probably the biggest rivalry in college football. And Ohio State needs this game against Michigan, but Michigan has no reason to play this game other than to get embarrassed, which I'm sure they don't want to do, especially against their arch rival. So I, I don't know what to say about this. I hope the Big Ten can change the ruling for this reason, or I just hope Michigan can get the guts to play this game and hopefully their COVID issues don't affect it. Yeah, Andrew, I think from a college football fan in general, I think we want to see this game just because it's the game and it's just such a historically 
great game that everyone just wants to see it happen. But, you know, as arch rivals, like you said, Michigan's going fi- to want to find a way in any way possible that they can get a victory in a sense over Ohio State. This would be like the first victory they have over Ohio State since who knows when, because I don't know the last time they've done something to make Ohio State look worse. And if this game does end up being canceled, which I think is a definitely a strong possibility, I think there's zero chance that the Big Ten doesn't change the rule. I mean, there's so much money and there's so much TV revenue and on the line that you have to get the best team in the conference championship, no matter what the rule is. And you have to give this, that team the best chance to get into the college football playoff. And that is winning the conference championship game, which would be against Northwestern in two weeks. Yeah. And Michigan, I think would, it would be kind of like a moral victory for them to kind of do what they, whatever they can to prevent Ohio state's championship run in terms of the big 10 and college football uh, playoffs. So if Michigan can contribute to that, without playing against them, I'm sure they will attempt to do that, but hopefully they do play this game. And if their COVID problems are still bad as of right now, I'm not too familiar with their situation. All I know is that they have some issues within their program with the virus. I hope that clears up so we can see this game being played because Ohio state deserves the chance to get in this championship game and to play as many games as they need to because they are one of the best teams in the country and we need to see the best team play. And in, in terms of this big 10 championship game, that is Ohio state. And it would be a real problem if we do not see Ohio state play in this championship game, because Henry, if we, if we are watching college football in championship games, tell me, I'm not going to see the second best team in the Big Ten East play for the Big Ten championship game. And in this case, that would be Indiana. They are a good football team. But come on. I'm not going to watch Indiana versus Northwestern, especially an Indiana team without Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback, in the Big Ten championship game. Come on. No, we want to watch Justin Fields and this Ohio State Buckeyes team prove their point against Northwestern, who's a very good defensive team, make their mark on this uh, conference and get to the college football playoffs. That's what we all want to see. Hopefully we can see it happen. But let's move on to the SEC. And these two quarterbacks, I think, have made their point in being the top two. And I think probably the only two candidates reasonably for the Heisman at this point. And that is Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. I think the only way we see two other opponent or not opponents, but two other uh, people come into this Heisman race or maybe three, I guess you can say, but come into this Heisman race would be if Mac Jones and Kyle Trask in their game against each other throw for a hundred yards and three picks, but each because these two have risen high above everybody else. Their stats are better you watch them play, their throws are better. Everything is better that they're doing. They are so good. So, Henry, do you see anybody else reasonably coming into this uh, Heisman race? Because as of right now, I think these two have put themselves above 
everybody else. I can kind of see three people come in, but the only way I think these three uh, people can come into this race would be if these two quarterbacks, like I said, have awful games, throw for 100 yards and three interceptions, and they just totally just play awful. I think that's the only way these other three quarterbacks in my mind can make it into the Heisman race. Andrew, I mean, usually, or what you would think the award would be about is the best player in college football. It doesn't have to do with stats, but at this point in college football, it's basically determined on who has the best stats. And you can't really argue with the numbers and that these two quarterbacks with Trask and Mac Jones have been the best statistical quarterbacks in all of college football. I know it's kind of unfair for the other two guys who would probably have a fighting chance with Lawrence and Fields, but the fact that they haven't played nearly as many games is what is the part that's going to hurt them. And I think you have to narrow it down to these two. And in my opinion, whoever wins that conference championship game between Florida and Alabama, the respective quarterback on the winning team will end up being the Heisman, Andrew. Yeah, and I was looking at this interesting uh, stat with Kyle Trask compared this season compared to Joe Burrow last season. Kyle Trask has more passing yards more passing touchdowns and less interceptions. And the only thing that statistical wise that Joe Burrow had better than Kyle Trask this season was his completion percentage. And keep in mind, Kyle Trask has a very good completion percentage, which is around 71 and a half percent. So if you're telling me who wins this Heisman, I think it's Kyle Trask but Mac Jones is very much in this conversation as well. And the three quarterbacks who I were referring to earlier, who I think still might have a chance if Kyle Trask and Mac Jones completely just blow their games, their upcoming games and play awful. Those three quarterbacks would possibly be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields and Ian book. And that basically just depends on how those three play in their conference championship games. I think the only way, those quarterbacks have a fighting chance would be if they throw for six touchdowns and 500 yards and blow whatever team out they play in the conference championship game, assuming that Ohio state gets in, in terms of Justin Fields and of course, Trevor Lawrence and Ian book play each other. So they would just have to blow either one of them out. So that's the best chance. I think either of those, any of those three quarterbacks have, and that would the only way those three have a chance is if they do that and Kyle Trask and Mac Jones have to play awful. So basically I think we can narrow it down to two and that is Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, but Henry, you talked about how you think the Heisman should be who the best player in college football is not who's putting up the best stats. And that's what you believe this season has come down to with Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. So the final topic of our, of this podcast is game on the line. Who would you take? And that means any position, not just quarterback, assuming that all the rest of the position players are equal. These all these players would have the same team. If you just have to pick one player to win a game for you big on the spotlight, biggest game of the year, who are you taking in college football to win this game? Andrew, it's Justin Fields. And in my opinion, Justin Fields is the best quarterback in college football. I don't think he's deserving of the Heisman. He had a rough game against Indiana. And overall, he just doesn't have the statistical numbers to compete for the Heisman at this point. But 
I think he's the quarter, the best quarterback in college football right now. I think he's the smartest quarterback. I think he's the most athletic quarterback. I mean, you saw the guy runs a four three forty, and he's extremely accurate. And overall, I mean, I think with the game on the line, I think he's the guy who's going to make a clutch play, especially this year with all that he's all that happened last year. Excuse me, at the end of the game against Clemson, I think he's going to want to prove to everyone that he's the best quarterback in college football and i think that he would be clutch in a game on the line situation andrew yeah henry and that is a good choice in my opinion but there are a couple other players who aren't necessarily quarterbacks but who are definitely guys who are one of the best players in college football and that's devonta smith travis Etienne, and Najee harris those three are probably the best non-quarterback players in college football and deserve their respect and credit in this uh, category in which players would win you a game in college football. Those three players are definitely one of them. But in this type of scenario, you kind of have to pick a quarterback, I feel like, because that is the most important position in football. I think we can all and everyone listening to this can agree on that one. The quarterback is the position that wins you games the most. And if we're going with a quarterback here, although I respect your decision and choice of Justin Fields, but I'm probably going to go with the most popular choice, and that is Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence has it all, Henry. He has the size. He has the arm strength. He has the accuracy. He has the ability to escape the pocket, to throw out of the pocket, throw off balance, to run with it. He can do everything. And at his size, it just makes him so valuable And there's a reason why he is the number one prospect in going to the NFL in many, many years, because as I mentioned, he has it all. And if I'm going with a player to win me a game in the biggest spotlight, the biggest game of the season, I would go with Trevor Lawrence. And I know you'll disagree. You'll say Justin Fields is a faster quarterback His completion percentage is much higher, which I understand. But Trevor Lawrence shows up in big games. He's won a national championship. And Henry, like I said, there is a reason why he's the most valuable prospect in many, many years, because he is just so, so good. And that's the guy who I feel most comfortable with taking out of all college players this season to win me a game. It would be Trevor Lawrence, no question. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, obviously it's very close. My main reason is because of the way he showed up against LSU last year. I mean, he completed less than 50% of his passes. And I just think Justin Field is more consistent. I trust him more to make a completion. I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is there from a completion percentage standpoint yet. Obviously, I think he'll still be a great quarterback in the NFL. I think he'll end up as a Hall of Famer. I think both of these guys will end up as Hall of Famers, to be honest with you, as long as they end up in good situations, which may be a bit of a stretch. But we'll see what happens with the draft this coming April. But with that, Andrew, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.